We're holding in the story of Shimshan. We spoke about the riddle that he, so to speak, posed to the people, his, the, his friends, the ones who come to be misled with him. And it says that they couldn't explain it to him for three days. So we're holding in Perikidar at Pasuk Tesvav. Rahiva Yemashvi. On the seventh day, so which is the seventh day? For those unfortunately we explain it's the seventh day of the seven Yemeya Mishra. And those who say the seventh day just means Shabbos. Maybe Yemashvi means Shabbos. It wasn't necessarily the seventh day of the Mishra, but the seventh day of the week. So when they decided for according to the Rashi explains it, they tried for three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, they now came to, after three days they gave up trying to understand the riddle and therefore they go to Shimshan's wife. So to speak, seduce your husband. And he said, tell us the resolution to the riddle. Why? And if not, otherwise we're going to burn you and your family down. Is the reason you caused us to be friends of Shimshan to participate in the Mishnah was in order to take away our clothing. So, again, this is uh, exactly the English So that's the way they work. If you don't get it one way, so we're going to use force. No, we're going to threaten and violence. It's your fault. So what happens? So she's knows these people. She realizes their threats aren't empty threats. So vateich eses shimshon alav. So shimshon's wife comes crying to him. Vateime and she says, "Meisani v'ra'ah avtani." You hate me, you don't love me. You made a riddle for my people, my, 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 the people from my nation, especially friends. You didn't tell me the resolution. I didn't even tell my parents. I'll tell you. And now the question is, it's a bit of a strange thing to say because She's going to say, yes, they're your parents, I'm your wife, so I deserve to get preferential treatment. So what, what was Shimshan trying to accomplish by saying that? Which is, well, we have to go back to the question we left with last time, that was, what was Shimshan's intention in posing the riddle? It's more, the Mashmur says that it's more than just, uh, he was trying to keep conversations during the week, so the first riddle that they discussed possible solutions. So we understand that we saw beforehand that part of Shimshan's plan was in order to find a, a reason, in order to, so to speak, have a fallout with the Mishnah. And therefore, the point of, of posing the riddle was that they shouldn't be able to answer it. He predicted that they wouldn't just accept like, uh, losing, losing the bet without doing anything. And uh, we made it, it was kind of predicted that they would do something to try and force them to give an answer. Now, we asked beforehand that the riddle wasn't really a fair riddle, because because uh, it wasn't something which is naturally a logical answer to a question. It's referring to an incident which happened which Shimshon knew about. They didn't know about that. And that's the case, what was expecting them to know? They wouldn't have been uh, the, in Just like the beehive was formed in the carcass of a lion, it could have been in the carcass of a snake. It could have been not a beehive, it could have been something else. There was no way of being able to tell the riddle. When the point is, we saw that there was a much simpler resolution to the riddle. That you don't have to get to the lion at all. It could have just been the bee. The bee is also something which is an oichel, uh, something which eats from which food comes out. So what was Shimshan's intention? So this is, uh, now we see a little bit of the oimach of what Shimshan wanted. Because uh, had it been a riddle, 
which they could have resolved. So then Shemesh would have no way of knowing how they got to the answer. That's how the answer would have been. Uh, the, something which eats is the bee, what it produces is honey, which is a food. It's also sweet. So then uh, we have a very simple answer for Shemesh. I mean, we could have worked it out too. But that's because Shemesh has no proof that somebody gave the game away. Because it's something which uh, is a logical deduction. And it's something which uh, anyone could have, theoretically, had they thought it through and realized what he was hint- alluding to, they could have come to that solution. But the idea of the beehive being in the body of a lion was no one would think of it. It's not a logical, it's not a logical way to think about answering the question. And if that's the case, Shimsha had a proof that somebody must have told them. Because otherwise there was no way they would come to such a thing. Like I said, if, if you had to think of a logical answer to the solution, if you already thought about bees and honey, you don't need to go further than that. You've already answered the question. And therefore the fact that they managed to bring the lion into the cheshman proved that someone had told them the answer. Which again, the Shimsha wanted. It was, uh, that, that way he'd be, he'd be able to hold it against his wife, whatever it was, for, for sharing the information with her. Now, if that's the case, so then we see that uh, when, when, as predicted, Shimshon's wife does come crying to him to tell him the riddle. Shimshon understands that if she's asking for the resolution, it's not for her, it's in order to transfer the information to other people. And that's why he doesn't tell her. What happens? So she how cried. are you answering why he said? So she cried for all seven days. What does this mean, all seven days? So we already saw, Rashi understood that the friends tried to look out for three days, after which they decided they couldn't, they didn't know what the answer was. And then they came to, on the Yom HaShivah Shabbos, which means the fast day. And Rashi explains this, means the remainder of the seven days. So it wasn't the whole Shabbos, it just means the last three. Um, the Adam of Hashem explained that like that. And that is that she cried all seven days, even before they came to threaten her. Because... Now she obviously overheard the riddle and she told him, as the wife of the husband, come and tell me the answer, what's, what's, uh, what's the answer? And she was not telling you the answer. So then obviously she felt a certain rikha from that. She doesn't want to share the riddle with her. So she cries about it for seven days. And she says, can you say, you don't love me, that's why you don't want to share your secrets with me. Now, if that's the case, then Shimshan. The point of this operation was the Shem Shemayim. Then Shimshan never really intended the marriage with his Plishti to go very far. It was just a way to Adab to get to engage the Plishti and set up a fight that we're going to see. And if that's the case, patient, uh, Shimshan telling her, you know, I didn't have terrorists, I'm not going to tell you, was calculated to make him feel that, you know, I'm not that close to you. And matter, that's what causes her to cry for seven days. It's like what's... Uh, you know, you keep information from me, you, you have secrets, it's not the way in Shana Bayes classes we told you have to share everything, it's like it's not going out, it's not working well. Why then did he say Shara It was, as a result of that, they didn't sh- spend the Shevet Brachos week too happily. Therefore, uh, on the seventh day, Vayakidla, he told her the resolution to the riddle, Ki Tsikasa, she made his life miserable. And uh, in other words, that it's also a strange thing. Until now he held out. It's like one more day until the deadline. So what happened to now that he, when he gave in, so to speak? Adawat, again, this is part of the plan. And that is, he, he, he wanted to, so to speak, test her and see what she's going to do. Now, if it would be that uh, he would tell her on the fourth day, the third day, the second day, and the friends were like, okay, thank you for telling us, four day of the country, she said, ah, we told her the answer. Now, there's no proof, or it's not that clear that it was because she told it to him. 
But if it, this is Mamish the last few minutes, and suddenly he tells them, Tim said it, they never the answer. It makes it much more obvious that she told it to them. And that's why it's not that Shimshon couldn't hold out for long. If he had managed to like, put up with her for a week, crying to him, so that night, so I told you tonight, don't worry. And that does not, I'll tell you everything. But he didn't. On the seventh day, he told her, and straight away, so she goes straight away to share the information with with, uh, with uh, his, her, her people. And the idea of Libnei Amor was shows that her loyalty was more to her people than to Shimshon. It says twice, Bnei Ami, Bnei Amor. She still identified herself with the Prishtim, which means even if she was Megayer, it was, like we see, not a real Jew. She didn't feel herself a Jew. She feels much more connected to the Prishtim than to him. Now what happens? So on the seventh day, the people tell him, but tell him you have a Kharsa before the sun sets. They're still within the time limit that they have to say the answer. What's sweeter than honey and what's stronger than a lie? Now the Benish Chai, it's interesting, one of his drushes, he brings this Gemara and he asks the question, this Pasuk, and he says the, the Anshair weren't involved in this figure. It was Shimshon's friends, the one, the 30 friends which they brought for him to, so to celebrate with him, who he posed the riddle to, and he offered them 30 items of clothing. And if that's the case, why the Anshair wants to tell him the answer? It should have been the friends who told him the answer. So, uh, so uh, he explains like this: that Shimshon's friends, so to speak, had a problem because they also realized that if straight after, if straight after she gets, he tells her the, the, the answer, they're going to come to him with the answer. They also chapped it if she probably told them. So what did they do? When they knew the answer, they went and told all the people that they had the answer, and that was everyone was discussing it. So now, since it was such an obvious, like everyone discussed, obviously, the lion's strong, the honey is sweet, that must be that answer. So then they would come back afterwards and say, yeah, we, we, we heard it. We, they, they wouldn't necessarily blame her for that, because he wouldn't necessarily think that she was the one who passed information around. It's discussed everywhere. So they thought they were protecting her by saying it to Anshia here, and that way the, the, the couldn't complain um, where, where, where they get it from, or couldn't guess where they got it from. Except the Ben Yishchai says what happened next is the Shimshon, so Shimshon gets the answer. And then the Apostle says, Ben Yishchai pulls in the story for us. The Shimshon had the answer. Says, okay, yeah, that's what I meant. That was the riddle, right? So they come back to me and say, one second. And now we laid a wager in this riddle. You owe us clothing. So Shimshon says to them, I made a deal with you, not with the Anshay. Yeah, I made it, and this, this, they, they worked out the riddle, not you. So to get their clothing, they had to say, no, 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 we told them to that share. So she said, ah, you told them, so where did you know it from? So then he gets back to the fact, you must have heard it from somewhere else. So that's like, so, you know, they wanted to use the Anshair, Kiro, to cover their tracks, work backwards, because the Shimshon is not going to give you anything. And therefore, we, we see that there's like, the way the Benish explains it, he says, you see that this fossil finishes, and then later, there's, a, there's no discussion of the prize. Later on, Shimshon goes to, to get them the prize, because this was the second stage. But they came after us to Tainan and we found the riddle. You have to give us the... And then they had to tell him, we were the one told the and that's why it wasn't them, we found the riddle, it was us. Now, that, now the interesting point too is, they didn't really answer the whole riddle. Because there were two parts of the riddle. Mea oichel yatsamaichel, or mea az yatsamazek. From the thing which eats comes that food, and from the thing which is strong comes the song which is sweet. And what they just said is the second part. Ma mazek mitvash, ma az meari. But, uh, now, one could infer, if that's the case, you really understood the one half, there must be the other half too. So why don't they explain it? Uh, again, the same idea. 
The answer is they also have to, how in the world do they meant to know the answer? It was something which is going to dream of such a thing. So to say that what happened was that honey came from the lion, the honey doesn't come from lions, it means you must have heard the story from someone. And therefore they just looked for the part of the riddle which they theoretically could have worked out. What's ice? What's sweet? Oh, it must be a lion's frog. That's honey sweet. It must be that you're involving a lion in honey. But like either to hide the fact that they they knew the story of what actually happened. It was like more like to show that they're trying to guess than really, really know. But Shemshin, like we saw, either because of the, the way the Ben Yishchai explains, or even like the Peshat, the way we explained before, and that is that Shemshin knew they would never work out a story like that. If they already got to the B, they would think that's the answer. They wouldn't have to go beyond that. And the answer to them is, If not that you plowed with my acre, with my cow, or my calf, you would never have answered my riddle. Now, that's a very strange language to use. Uh, you could have just said simply, if you hadn't asked my wife, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got to that. So what was the, what's the, uh, the remez is trying to tell them? In the fact of that you, you plowed with my calf. What's he trying to say with that? But again, that's, uh, so, uh, what he wants to say, we'll see in a few seconds time. In the meantime, I'm just drawing attention. It's, an, it's not a normal, satisfying way to describe the fact that they asked his wife the question. Anyway, what happens is Vatisachal of Ruach Hashem, like you saw previously, the Ruach Hashem Bashim Shem is the Ruach Givura, the ability to be uh, this extra extra strength that he was given. Vayered Ashkelon. He goes down to Ashkelon. This wasn't Ashkelon, this was in the, the city where he met this lady, which was Timna. So he goes from there to Ashkelon. Vayachem Shleishemish. And he kills 30 people. Vayikachat Salitzaisam. He takes the clothing. Vayitan Achidif, Vayismagid Achidah. And then he takes the clothing, and you know, this was Plishti style, so he took it off real Plishti, and he gave it to the 30 friends who told him the, and told him the, the, the riddle. And he shows him he's angry, and he goes back home again. Now he leaves his wife, and he goes back to his home. Now there's uh, two obvious questions in the story. Uh, the first question is, if he was wanted to show he was angry, and that uh, he didn't feel it was right that they got the answer from his wife, and just at that stage, he should say, that's it, uh, this wasn't fair, there wasn't no way you're going to get a little and leave and go back home. Why did he first, uh, so to speak, fulfill his commitment? So obviously the answer is, that's exactly what he was trying to do. He wasn't trying to get out of paying, on the contrary. He was happy to pay, but he'll, he'll, hit, he'll kill fish to do it. The question is, what is the justification for doing that? Once they go and kill 30, so to speak, names fish in Ashkelon, they don't to do with this. Like, just to take their clothing, what was the... Well, what rhyme or reason does Shimshon have to do that? So, uh, what, what's it going to do with the story in, 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 in what happened in Timnah? So, the answer is that Adab, that was exactly what Shimshon wanted to do. In other words, if you're going to ask what the strategy was, the strategy was that people wouldn't think there was any connection between them. The, the Christian themselves said, this person is wild. He, he needed to pay back a debt. He went and killed 30 people for nothing to, to pay back his debt, which would make them think that, again, Shimshon's the enemy. There wasn't more than, more than that. But uh, the, the Radak and others ask the question on the Radakic basis. And that is, what, what right does Shimshon have to go and kill 30 goy? If it's in a, a matter of Milchama, it's a matter of going to war, and then we understand, we're fighting a war, there's an enemy against us, we're to kill the enemy. That's part of the, the, the rule, ground rules of battle. If we, it's Chayachukai, mean you're being attacked, so you can fight. If it's the Sheva of Umas of Canaan, so we admit that the Chayachukai Nisham. Now, were the Christian Sheva of Umas of already saw a discussion about that. So if they were, then it's not a question. That was part of the regular deal of killing the clan. But if they weren't, 
So what right did Shimshon have to just go and kill 30 people? They weren't going to war. They weren't in a... They weren't fighting him. They were... So to speak, the regular people in a different city altogether. But he went well, and he dispelled them. Mm-hmm. For no reason, you can't just kill a guy. Right? No. Unless there's a... It fits into a category of what you have to do. Okay, so what was the reason for that? So, there are dark answers, what we've been saying the whole time with Pishtim, he brings it, and that is that the, you said the principle was that Shimshon was going to war with the Pishtim. Except it was a guerrilla war. It wasn't like he was uh, fighting army to army because he didn't have an army. But Lema'isa, the idea of Shimshon's campaign was a war against the Pishtim. So he was waging war. He was waging war like a guerrilla. And just like you're allowed to, in the case of a war, you're allowed to use ambushes or use guerrilla warfare, whatever it is. So that's what Shimshon was doing. He has found uh, ways to fight the Christian. Okay, anyway, so the, the other interesting thing is that the, it seems the 30 people who who had told him the answer, they were happy to take the clothing from the other Christian, the dead Christian. It, uh, it disturbed them. They, uh, they felt that the Christian paid his debts. And now, what happens? He leaves his wife. He's angry with her. He's angry with her, not just at them. Why did you... They reveal the secret. After the whole thing of uh, yeah, I told you, I told you it's a secret. It's a secret. It cost me thirty. You know, it cost me thirty khalifas. I have to go and kill thirty people for this, right? Because uh, you went and told my riddles. Now this gave me a reason to be angry with her also. <coughs> Beforehand, you'd have gone home, so wouldn't have achieved anything. So there's another shana bias dispute. Now it was a mixed marriage, didn't work. So she didn't goes home. She says it in terms of the story. But over here, other he uses as a reason to kill thirty. He uses as a reason to kill thirty him. And then when he gives it back, he tells his wife, you know, this is all your fault. I had to go to all this trouble because you stole my riddle. And he got angry with you and he left her. Is that a reason also why he killed them? Is that... Now, what happens? So, uh, so Shimshon's wife's family, we see Shimshon walks out. So they marry her to one of the friends. What's Now, this is altogether strange. In other words, she was Eshishish. The master Shimshon should marry Shimshon. So why did he? Why did the family marry to someone else? So now we saw at the, the whole way through the whole story of how Shimshon married her. He married her be the rules of the Torah. In the position first, it came to marry her. They had Shimshon and Mishta. That was all. That was all, so to speak, the Torah set up for marriage. The Goyim set up for marriage is uh, like the Rambam says. Quite a matan Torah. Rambam is Torah. A man and a woman meet each other, rots of over here, they can live together and they marry. And they change their minds about it and they leave each other. So now they're not married anymore, she can marry someone else. And therefore, from their point of view, looking at the non-Jews, so the Shimshon walked out, okay, that's the end of the marriage. From Shimshon's point of view, since there's a concept of he married her as a Jewish marriage, especially if you saw according to Ramam that he was going her, so then she's Aishas Ish. The fact that he walked out doesn't mean she's not married, it means he's going to the get. But then again, this is going to be part of what Shimshon wants. It's going to be, it's going to be his next uh, complaint. Anyway, so what happened was that uh, her family marries her to one of, her, one of Shimshon's friends. Now, the Lashon Asher Reoloi, which literally means that who did bad to him. So, the Rabbag explains the Pasuk. Asher Reoloi, uh, I mean, the simple part of the Pasuk would be the one of the friends who were Ki'ilu, his friends, during the, during the Sheva Brachas weeks. But the Rabbi explains it from the word to be a real that he did bad to him, that Shimshon's wife was designer with one of the friends. And he married, now Shimshon left, so she marries him. And then he explains... During those seven days? Yes. And he explains that Shimshon meant before, 
He didn't just say if you would have asked my wife to follow the rhythm. He's accusing her of much more than that. He's saying you must have been Mazani with her, and that's why she felt more loyal to you than to me. And uh, you may not. Loud with my cow. Right, and therefore the Josh will be proud my calf, says the Rabbi, is a euphemism to say why do you must be Mazani with her? Because he that's why. He wasn't with her all Sunday. Uh, that's okay, since she has much more to be angry about. It wasn't just the fact that they gave her his riddle, but you know that uh, she also was Mazani with her. Which would also explain why he, why he left her. It wasn't just the, the you know the thirty begot him. It was besides that he didn't he didn't fulfill her faith. Which was also good in there, no? And it's between and most of the Rishonim about a lady who was Mizanim with a guy, she lost her husband to that. Most Rishonim hold that once a lady is Mizanim, she lost her husband. And time is a tremendous Kiddush in two places in Shas, they quote him, that he said, said that the din of that she's also to the boil, she's also to the bow, is only by a Jew. But she ain't by a guy, it's considered a, I'm a daimel echamor. It's like a lady who's an animal and it doesn't answer to her husband. And not only that, Rebenetan didn't just say this is a story. The closest brings is a story of of a certain lady who was forcibly baptized by the Christians and also as a result of that, they ended up being with one of the Christians. And then after Joseph, the children come back to her husband and he asked Rebenetan, she muttered to me because. Since in the interim she's been with another man, it's one of the Christians who is involved in baptizing her. And when the time passes, she's mutter, based on the story. And uh, like I said, it's a big machlok, it's most interesting about the time. They say that the issue is it doesn't make a difference to Jew or non Jew. Um, so, yes, so if Shimshin would still be mutter to her, or she would still be mutter to him, if she'd been with one of his friends, would be telling this machlok to show him what it is. That's just a question. There's one more point to talk about. And that is the, we see at this stage, which is interesting, the Christian don't do anything. Even though the went and attacked and killed 30 harm, like, so to speak, blameless people in Ashkelon for the 30 Bugadim, uh, nothing happened. There wasn't a reason for the Christian to take revenge or to try and find Shishtam, uh, find Shishtam with Tha's wife. Uh, like the Chari, uh, uh, forget about him maybe representing the Jews, but he's just like a criminal. In their eyes, someone who goes and kills 30 people to steal clothing. Like, but we're going to see later on the fish will come to do, do something about it. But at that stage, when you just went to kill 30 people, they didn't even And we have to ask why. Well, why at that stage wasn't it enough to try and, and avenge, so to speak, the deaths of the people that he killed? As we'll see tomorrow, then we'll continue the story and we'll come back to this point. Too.